0: I'm Sean Lukasik, and this is the Urban Corning Podcast. One of the things that's come up in a couple different episodes without my prompting is the positive effects of nature. Back when I talked with Nova Katamatre, she mentioned the cycles of grapevine growth from bud break to harvest, and Randy Hewitt talked about the mental health benefits of being in nature. And at the recommendation of a couple of listeners, I decided to reach out to two people for this episode that know quite a bit on the topic. Elaine Spaker is the executive director at Tanglewood Nature Center in Elmira. And you'll get to hear our conversation about everything from bluebirds to biology classes. And before we dive into our conversation, I thought I'd take the next step toward being a true podcast host by recording on location. That's me getting out of my car at the Houghton Land Preserve this afternoon. And that's my dog, who's even more excited about this episode than I am. She does have to stay on leash for this trip. We'll get back to my musings in nature throughout the episode. But the reason I went to the Houghton Land Preserve is because my first guest was actually instrumental in bringing that hiking opportunity and that outdoor recreation opportunity to us here in Corning.
1: Um, My name is Chris West, and I'm the senior field representative for the Finger Lakes Land Trust. Uh, The Land Trust is a not-for-profit conservation organization. Um, The Land Trust has been around for just over 30 years, and in that time, we have conserved about 24,000 acres across the 12-county Finger Lakes region, um, and about uh, just over 5,000 acres are actually, um, we own and manage as a network of private nature preserves that are actually open and free to the public for visitation. We have a a lot of trails for people to get out and and hike and enjoy nature, which is so important right now.
0: Yeah, I saw that the land trust just added about 80 acres um, adjacent to the Danby State Forest. Is that just outside of Ithaca?
1: Yeah, Yep. actually, uh, yeah, that was one of the projects that I worked on. Um, it's just south of Ithaca in the towns of Danby and Caroline, actually. And that is in a region that we refer to as the Emerald Necklace. There's actually about 50,000 acres of, um, conserved lands that stretch from the Finger Lakes National Forest through Connecticut Hill, uh, Wildlife Management Area, and then south of Ithaca and then east of Ithaca a little bit over towards, um, Danby State Forest and Hammond Hill, Um, And within that landscape, the Land Trust has really focused our efforts um, for many years to conserve the character of that landscape, to work with farmers who want to maintain their farmland, um, but also to work with willing sellers to acquire land and eventually pass it through to state ownership and management.
0: Got it. Cool. And I know here in Corning, one of the newer um, projects was the uh, Houghton Land Preserve, um, where I've been uh, enjoying a couple miles of of trails uh, recently. It's not too far from uh, Spencer Crest Nature Center. um, And uh, how did that acquisition happen?
1: Yeah, that was actually a, a really wonderful gift to the community that was made by the Houghton family. Uh, a few years ago, um, they decided to donate that land to the Finger Lakes Land Trust uh, so that we could own it and manage it for um, public access and, and recreation. It's a kind of a, a loop trail system. I think it's about two miles long, um, but there's a really nice um, spot where you can walk into kind of the upper side of a, a meadow and there's a bench there. And from that bench, you can just look out over the the landscape and see the hilltops kind of spreading out towards, um, Elmira.
0: Yeah. It's a beautiful view. And I, I like going up there
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: because of that bench and that open field there. It's really nice. Yeah. So, you know, we've had a couple of guests on the podcast that have talked about finding comfort at this difficult and weird time, mm-hmm. um, in nature and, you know, seeing, uh, for example, the bud breaks on, on, uh, the trees and the vines um for grape growers um talking about the the mental health implications of being in nature mm-hmm. um, what is it for you that kind of drew you to the land trust initially and um are you finding that same comfort in nature these days
1: oh absolutely <laughs> absolutely I think the yeah. thing, the thing that drew me to working in conservation was just from, a, as a child, I always loved animals. And as I, you know, uh, matured and, and uh, went through my educational process, I got very interested in birds. And in fact, my first job in, in conservation was rel- related to doing research on bird migration. And through that, I learned about the importance of protecting those habitats for, for birds and so I, I kind of live that um, experience, both through my work and also through um, the way I just even manage my own yard. I try to plant lots of native uh, shrubs and flowers. And right now, Sean, I'm not kidding you. I'm sitting here looking out my window. and I have um, I'm looking at four uh, orioles, which are these beautiful, little smaller than a robin but they're beautiful, striking orange and black birds. And they're just kind of flitting around my front yard um, because I put out some orange slices for them. They eat fruit.
0: You know, it's so funny that you mention Orioles because I have never seen one in the wild before yesterday morning. Um, And I, I didn't know that they were this far North and, uh, and you're right when you say that striking orange color, it's, it's, Unmissable. I don't know how I haven't seen them before.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and they're really noticeable. They're they're one of the many many species that actually migrate to our area in the spring, um, and they breed here in the summertime, and then they migrate back south. And some of these birds, I'm not sure exactly how far south orioles go, but many of the migrants go to Central and South America.
0: Yeah, and and that's an interesting point because I think a lot of people, you know, go on a hike or they'll go to a nature preserve and and just kind of walk around. And we all know it it does feel good to be out in nature and just be outside. But um, going with some purpose for with things to look for um, this time of year, uh, what can people expect or what can people look for that maybe um, haven't spent a lot of time. Uh, you know, in nature and are looking to do that more often now because of everything going on.
1: Yeah. Well, um, of course all these birds showing up, those are, um, pretty interesting. Um, but if you're not a a seasoned birder, um, you may not be able to see some of the smaller ones, but just keep your ears open and your eyes open. You'll see these little critters, you know, flitting around in the treetops and, um, if you happen to have a pair of binoculars and want to just try to learn to, you know, get a get a view of them, um, they're really they're beautiful. But so yeah, we'll start seeing butterflies flitting around in the woods and in the meadows. Um, and with the the bud break, one thing it was actually surprising to me. I don't think I learned this until I was in my twenties. But if you pay attention to our forests, there are different trees that break bud at different times. And so right now our maples are breaking bud and just starting to leaf out. Whereas, you know, the crab apple in my front yard, it's already leafed out and it's starting to, you know, the blossoms are starting to come out. Mm-hmm. And the oak tree on my side yard, that hasn't even started to break bud yet. They'll, they'll come on in another, you know, couple weeks. So even those, you know, if you just start paying attention to how other beings kind of make their way in the world, um it's there's a lot out there to just see and observe.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I have to say the Finger Lakes Land Trust website is incredibly helpful. It's um beautifully designed, really easy to use. You can see um trail maps and things of all the different uh sites that the Land Trust um owns and manages. Uh do you have any particular favorites? I know that's a loaded question. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, there, there definitely are, um, a lot to choose from. I think just because I'm a, you know, I live in the Southern tier and it's so, um, accessible. Steggy Hill nature preserve is absolutely one of my favorites. Um, you know, we've got over seven miles of trails to go hike on that property. That's actually our largest nature preserve. Um, so it's, you know, close to 800 acres, I think. Um, and that's very very peaceful. Uh, there are some other places, um, Wesley Hill uh, Nature Preserve up uh, near Honey Oil Lake. Uh, it has just a, a view of a beautiful beautiful gorge and a pond, and just you know really nice hemlock stands that you can walk through that are just so quiet and peaceful. You know there. It just depends on where I am in the region. I think when I'm when I'm just here at my house, you know Steggy Hill is is close by as. As is Houghton, you know, Houghton Nature Preserve is Mm -hmm. right outside of Corning and it's an easy walk. The first part of the trail actually has crushed gravel on it to kind of ease you into the woods a little bit. Um, So it's a that's a nice a nice walk as well with that beautiful view at the at the bench.
0: Yeah, I agree. And it's good exercise. It is straight uphill for the first section of the trail, but the payoff is gorgeous with the um, the overlook up there. So I would also highly recommend the, the Houghton Land pres- Preserve for yeah. people in Corning.
1: Um, you know, we would not be able to do the work that we do without the, the members who support our work. Um, and in terms of the work we're doing in the southern tier um, we've really been focusing a lot of attention on trying to conserve uh, land along the Chemung River. Um, and a couple of years ago, we did acquire um, a few properties along the river that will eventually end up in state ownership and will be um, open for you know, public visitation. And one of those includes the Palisades. I don't know if you're Familiar with that uh, landmark, but it's just that stunning kind of vertical cliff over in Big Flats, above the river, uh, and that includes about four thousand feet of the river frontage. So that will remain forever wild. It's it's just beautiful.
0: I agree. That's great. That's uh, exciting, and it is so beautiful and peaceful um, over there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you so much for taking the time to to talk. I know that. Uh, there's a lot to be learned from nature, and hopefully this whole uh, COVID-19 situation gives us a chance to, to learn a little bit more about it. Um, and I thank you for all the work you're doing with the Finger Lakes Land Trust.
1: Well, thank you so much, Sean, and thanks so much for spreading the word. We appreciate it. And I'll definitely tell our folks who work on our webpage what you would said about it.
0: <laughs> it looks like I'm about halfway up the initial hill uh, to the top of the Houghton Land Preserve. Um, it's a bit of a steep hill. Uh, I've walked up here before and I always forget how steep it is. Um, I also always forget how peaceful it is. Uh, about halfway up the trail really gets to a point where the trees are spread out um, The ground is pretty soft and you could kind of hear just the wind moving the trees around. As I keep marching up the hill, we move on to our next guest who uh, has not given herself nearly enough credit for the things she's done for Tanglewood Nature Center, Um, but you'll hear that she is also pretty interested in birds um, and knows a lot about nature and is just really great at her job. I was excited um, and we had a lot of fun talking. uh, And so uh, without further ado.
2: My name is Elaine Spaker and I am the executive director at Tanglewood Nature Center.
0: And Elaine, I've definitely spent some time up at Tanglewood out on the trails, but uh, for those who aren't aware, um, talk a little bit about uh, Tanglewood Nature Center and why it's so important to our community.
2: Well, Tanglewood is in the hills in Elmira, New York, although it's not far from anywhere around here. So from 15 to 20 minutes from Corning, 10 minutes from Elmira and Big Flats, Um, and it's a little gem up in the hills. We have a nature center that's a beautiful building with a museum in it. It's a small museum, but there's live animals and some hands-on exhibits, and then um, we have some animals outdoors. They're mostly raptors. They're injured, non-releasable, so you can go visit them, and we have nine miles of hiking trails. So the trails are not really groomed trails. They're marked, but you're not going to see mulch on all the trails, so you have to bring your hiking boots and shoes that you don't care about getting muddy in but then you know you get some good exercise out there and it goes through quite a few different habitats.
0: And before we get into uh, why it's important and why people um, should be out in nature especially at this time um, I noticed on the website you are a bluebird expert and I wanted to ask you about what that means and how you ended up becoming a bluebird expert.
2: Um, bluebirds are the New York state bird, for one, so that's kind of cool. And if you've ever seen an actual bluebird, the male bluebird is pretty gorgeous. He's a bright blue with a rust-colored chest and white under underside. And um, they're part of the thrush family, which is those are the great singers. So they make a really nice song related to robins and their cavity nesters, which means they nest in holes in trees. And, um, they also take readily take to human made cavities. And so I am always gone for the underdog and bluebirds had a really hard time when humans, um, came from, you know, European area to the Americas. And, um, they were months, bluebirds were once as abundant as robins, but after, our ancestors came over and started chopping things down, including all kinds of trees, but especially dead trees. People don't like dead trees. Um, So their numbers were dwindled down to pretty low. And so humans started building these little boxes with holes in them and the birds, the bluebirds started taking to them and putting their nests in them. And so it was sort of an easy way to, to, you know, see that human's, don't have to be all bad. We can do things that are good too and and help animals. And so bluebirds have come back. And um, so I had a bluebird trail that I did for some undergraduate independent study research. And then I also, I studied their behavior and they're really actually fascinating little creatures. And then I went on to study other cavity nesters um, when I was in grad school, but.
0: Cool. Yeah. And that's, uh, I'm glad that you said that because I think we always think that, um, humans, uh, are just screwing things up in nature and, uh, that's not always the case. I mean, and we can learn from our past mistakes. So rather than just always taking down dead trees, uh, maybe consider that they are still a habitat for, um, other animals.
2: Exactly.
0: Yeah. So, uh, as people, you know, learn, more about nature these days, for better or for worse. Um, What are some of the things that, especially this time of year, uh, they might experience when they're up at Tanglewood?
2: Oh, this is my favorite time of the year. Spring is like, for me, it symbolizes sort of hope and renewal and So all the things start waking up, you know, the, the frogs that were buried and hibernating start coming out and calling for their mates. I mean, this is mating season. Um, And so, you know, the birds are coming back from the ones who migrated to further South in the country, or even past that into the central and South America area. They're, they're all flying back and coming back to their, their breeding habitats and, making you know the trees sort of light up with their different colors and um, and their bird song and the insects wake up and the trees start to bud and so that's all the things you're going to be seeing and hearing happening at Tanglewood. And that's one of the things about nature. It's the place to go if you want to use all of your senses and that actually takes you out of your thinking brain. And sort of puts you in a a sort of sweeter spot in your brain.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I know neither of us are mental health experts here. But I can say with a great deal of certainty that spending time out in nature is great for my own personal mental health. Um, And I wonder, why is it that we connect so well, even when there are still a lot of mysteries. I mean, I certainly am not an expert in nature either, um, but I just feel so, so connected. And, and do you have any insight as to why that is?
2: Yes. There's a lot of studies that that show you, show us why that is. But I think the main thing to remember is that, and sometimes we forget, especially as we become more sort of technologically advanced and more indoor-based we forget that we are animals also we're mammals and we're part of the natural environment and we rely on it for breathing something pretty important we rely on it for food um, for all all of our needs because we just like the squirrels and the chipmunks and everything you know else that's mammals and all the other animals um, nature is our it's our home it's part of us it's where we came from and where we go back to and um so that makes sense they've done studies where they send people on a 50-minute walk uh either in a completely urban setting or a natural setting and um although any walking is good for you uh walking in the natural settings actually decrease your cortisol levels which are your stress hormones by a lot, um, 20 to even just 20 to 30 minutes.
0: A lot of us could use a reduction in those cortisol levels these days. Also, um, you know, if people want to, uh, go for a hike, um, and maybe they're, it's not something that they've done a lot in the past. Um, is there a specific route or something that they should be aware of, um, heading up to Tanglewood or, uh, do you just kind of recommend exploring on their own?
2: All of our trails are a little bit hilly, but most people can handle it. Um, and then, you know, if you're if you're up for something a little more vigorous, like the Blue Trail and the Red Trail are good. And then we have a children's trail up there, which is a really short trail, but it's a sensory trail that families can go on. And we have a deconstructed book on it, a, the story walk. And we have, you know, chimes and uh, places for kids to climb and, and things to look at and we have different plants growing there that, that kids can actually touch and smell and so um, there's a lot to offer up there for no matter what level you are.
0: And even with the, the building closed there's a lot to be learned I can say on the um, Tanglewood website um, and uh, you know through your social media channels so um, those are great and I just want to ask you specifically Elaine, how did you get into this line of work? What is it that drew you to doing what you do today as the executive director at a nature center?
2: Let's see. I have to go back 51 years. That's when I was born. No, I won't go back that far. (laughs) There's eight years between me and my next closest sibling. So I actually, even though I'm from a big family, I spent a lot of time alone as a child. And um, books and going outdoors were my escape nobody else in my family was outdoorsy at all, but I was for some reason, always drawn to just going outside and like turning over rocks and logs and seeing what was under things and, you know, and, and just listening to what was and looking what was going on. And, um, I've always felt a responsibility to, to take care of what nourishes and, and us, which, is the natural world. I don't feel like there's anything else that's more important. So I guess I was just born this way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't really that's, explain. Well,
0: then you're in the right, yeah, you're in the exact right spot. Um, and just the last question I want to ask, you know, for, for, everyone who is so stressed out these days, and uh, we're all dealing with the same thing. But um, how can nature offer a bit of comfort when we're feeling, I know you talked about, you know, taking a walk in the woods um, is beneficial, but maybe for you personally, um, or some of the anecdotes that you've heard from other people, um, how and, and in what ways can we interact with nature that'll, that will, um, allow us to kind of step out of this stress that we're in?
2: Um, it, it's not something that you even really necessarily have to think about. I think the only thing you have to think about is trying to, um, connect with what's around you. And like I said, get out of your own head and see what's going on and watch the birds and see if you can see something moving instead of, you know, talking while you're walking just be quiet and listen and smell and feel it sounds so kooky but it really is like if you do that I mean I've never met anybody who goes out into nature and comes back out and is like oh my gosh I'm so stressed it just doesn't happen it ought it's just like it automatically just chills you up and then if you actually just be um intentional about getting out of your own head and looking at the things around you, there's always something going on. And you don't think about how everybody out there at the store is wearing a mask and it's so freaking weird and the news is so bad and everybody's being not as nice to each other, at least on the news, (laughs) um, Facebook. So how did nature it's, it's, you can get rid of all that.
0: Um, yeah. And I can vouch for it myself, uh, as someone who, just loves to get out as much as possible and you know i know a lot of people want to post to instagram that they're they're out on these walks and sometimes the scenery is just so beautiful it's impossible not to share um and you know from my social media brain i would say take that photo you know, and then put the phone away and and keep it on silent. Don't keep notifications on for exactly what you were just talking about, because you discover some of the most interesting things just by being quiet and just by moving through, through the woods. I love that perspective. Thank you. Well, thanks for the time today too, Elaine. Um, I hope that uh, the nature center, uh, the building itself can, can open soon and and you can get back to some of the camps and things that I know you have planned um, for the summer. And uh, I appreciate the time today.
2: Yeah. Thanks, John. I appreciate it too. We're hoping to get back to whatever they allow us to, but we're going to, you know, obviously do, do what's safe for everyone. So, but like I said, the trails are always there. So head over there.
0: Just got to the top of the hill. I found the bench that overlooks a beautiful open field and looks right down um, into the valley and over some of the rolling hills. It's absolutely beautiful up here. And uh, even though I didn't time it correctly because it just started raining um, and the wind picked up a little bit. Um, I have to say, I don't mind even a little bit. I think uh, being cooped up in the same apartment for almost two months at this point um, just increases my appreciation for being out in nature. um, And I'm really thankful that uh, I live here in the Southern Finger Lakes um, to be going through this whole COVID-19 situation because uh, I can't imagine being in a bigger city, having a tiny little apartment and, uh, you know, not being able to even walk on the sidewalks and things. I'm really thankful um, and appreciate the, the Finger Lakes Land Trust for, uh, for making this possible. And I'm going to put my phone away and stop recording uh, because it's getting wet at this point and uh, the dog is getting antsy. Thanks to the Finger Lakes Land Trust for making that hike possible for the dog and I. Um, And thank you to Chris West from the Finger Lakes Land Trust for joining me on this episode. And thank you, of course, to Elaine Spaker as well, who uh, joined me today from Tanglewood Nature Center. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to get back into the Nature Center for some of their educational programs soon. Um, And thank you all again for listening to the Urban Corning podcast. You can follow the blog at urbancorning.com or follow us on social media at urban corning on facebook twitter and instagram hopefully with the weather breaking now you can all get outside enjoy the hiking opportunities that we have here throughout the southern finger lakes and be sure to check out both of the websites for the finger lakes land trust and for tanglewood nature center to get your trail maps and uh, some things that you could look for this spring while you're outdoors enjoy